All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast, bonus podcast. Hello. Indeed. Good morning, sir. Good morning. morning. It is morning. We're recording on Saturday the 29th in the morning. Here at our Goodwin, musician in New York City. Mm. I am Nathan Timmel, a mouth clown in Iowa City. I think I'm on this shirt for day four in a row now. I like Nice. (laughs) <laughs> We're in uh, shirts multiple days in a row. I, I wore this the other day because uh, Iowa City is obviously very small, but it's the number five uh, worst place to live right now uh, due to coronavirus spread. All wow. of our students came back. And this is a New York Times poll. The New York Times said uh, Iowa City just a thousand fold percent or something. Or I, I'm, I'm going to make these numbers up, but like in New York City, one in 10,000 people gets coronavirus daily, whereas in Iowa City, five in 10,000 people or 50 or so. It's, it's absurd. Like, the college students mm-hmm. are just spreading the shit out of it. Yeah. Now, what's your take on this whole mask thing? We don't have to get into it deeply, but I was talking to a guy over in Germany yesterday. Not Todd, but... Ooh, there's my light. Uh, oh. <laughs> Let me uh, reposition this thing. Well, my position, while you, well, you, my position, while you position is just you know they say wear it, and it, you know I've been to Japan several times, and when they're sick, they all wear masks just because if yeah. it doesn't spread germs. And I think what people yeah. don't tend to understand is that's what it is: is if you are sick and you are coughing, the mask catches your germs. It's not like um, masks yeah. are super protection for non-sick people. I mean, they help, but they, they show those diagrams like, oh, a, a sick person coughing, it doesn't spread out as much. So yeah, you just yeah. to be nice and kind. So I don't I know. mean, that, that's the thing. I, I, I feel like there's all these people who are rebelling against the idea of wearing masks. And I find it to be annoying to wear a mask. I forget my, not I don't forget it, but like I, I get out of my car to go into the grocery store and then I go, God damn it. And I turn back around and I put it back on. I go back in because I forget it sometimes. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's oppressive to have to wear it. I do find, I I do understand the argument that seeing a bunch of people in masks is fear-inducing. I don't really see that. I I, I see a bunch of people in masks, I'm thinking, oh, everybody's dressed like a bank robber. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like a fucking 1970s bank hold-up movie or some shit, you know? Well, I but, felt that the first, I mean, when after quarantine, when our banks finally reopened, I, I, it was odd walking in with a mask because it says right on the door, "Please wear a mask." And I'm like, "This just right. feels odd." And right, put we on a and a nice mask. It'd be great. Yeah, mm-hmm. we belong to a credit union and a bank, and I visited both. And the credit union, you just walk in with the mask and everybody's mask and saying hi. But the bank, I thought was interesting because they have a vestibule and you walk in and there's someone sitting there and they say, please pull your mask down, face the camera, wait two seconds, then put your mask up and go into the bank proper. I'm like, okay, that makes ah, sense. That's right. smart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I went to the bank the other day and they didn't do any of that stuff. We just like, walk in, mask yeah. on, nobody seemed to give a shit. It's very weird. I mean, I, I just don't, I'm, I'm having a hard time with the mask equals oppression thing. Yeah. I have. You know what I mean? Like, not to say that black people have ever really been oppressed, according to Ben Shapiro and all these other people. Yeah. But let's say that some of the stuff that black people have gone through could be called oppression. 
I would trade where I, I will allow it for the sake of argument. Right. So for the sake of argument, yeah, let's just call if, it if, that. if this is the dividing line, we'll put slavery right up to it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, a little, little uh, slavery, segregation. Right, yeah. Right. Separate water exactly. you're, you're close to being oppressed, but I'll, I'll allow right. it for the sake of argument. Right. Now, here's the thing. The question that I have is, would I trade the German shepherds and fire hoses and billy clubs and bullets and nooses and having to walk to work for two years to be able to ride on the bus wherever you want to, would I trade all that for wearing a mask, right? If they said, listen, all right, now you colored just got to wear masks. Right. And we, you know, I might find that oppressive. But I would take that over the dogs, the hoses, the billy clubs. The you know, what I mean, it's like, what are you talking about here? Like, come on, like, what? Kind of, and I don't, I don't want to. I know we don't really want to get into the, no. not even the fragility of the millennials, just the fragility of Americans in yeah. general, because I know Russians, Germans, Cubans. I know many Algerians, Japanese people, Chinese people. Like I have relatively good friends in a handful of different ethnic groups who have come from different countries, grew up in other places and come here. And I kind of watch the way they handle what they call a hard time versus what we call being given a hard time. Mm -hmm. It's not even close to the same thing. You know, people, I mean, how my friends from Newark, came down to Somerset where I, where I was raised in Franklin and saw the projects and went, these are your projects and started laughing. Now you take a guy from India and he's, I, I was, when I used to teach yoga, he was like, what you guys call poor over here is not even close to what we would call poor in India. Yeah. They have it's the not, class. Right. He's like, it's not even in the ballpark. Like what you guys call poverty here is what we would call living. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he was being partially facetious, but he wasn't really. really you know what I mean? Like it's I mean, a different kind of thing, man. We have a different idea of what of entitlement in this place. And I'm okay with it. Like, listen, do I think this place is the best place in the world? I don't know, but it's a lot better than most other places where I could have been born. But it doesn't mean it doesn't suck. You know well, what I mean? The the you see these dumb memes on Facebook and Twitter, but they're, they're really goddamn accurate where they say, um, I, I saw one that said, because college football got canceled, it pissed, pissed a lot of people off and I said, well, you could have had college football or Applebee's and you chose Applebee's three months ago. I mean, we had the, the least <laughs> we had to do. Okay, just stay home. Put on a mask, and we can't do that. Those two simple things, and we can't do them. That's what pussy That's America. Is. I mean, look, I, I saw a funny meme that said colleges stand to lose some absurd number of millions of dollars for because there's no football. So yeah. it looks like football is their business, and they just do education as a side hustle. And I thought well, that, that was pretty funny. Although that's that's accurate, but here's what's it's accurate, but it's also it. sad because I don't know what's going on at Rutgers, but the University of Iowa already canceled uh, at the end of the year four sports. They said because football brought in so much revenue, it covered all the other sports, and they, the experts said <laughs> that it was going to happen. Said that uh, because football generates so much revenue, it supports Title IX, which is equality for women's sports. 
and they just canceled swimming, uh, wrestling, I, I forget, but, but just nothing to do with football, but it's like, yeah, you can offer this diversity of athletics because of college football. And once that revenue goes away, you realize how much it actually does support the university in other ways and like yeah. it or dislike it. It is very helpful. Absolutely. I hear you. Uh, back to what you were saying. I think it's funny because like back in the day, if you were a citizen, right, you would have to house soldiers in a time of war. You had to vote. You had to feed, feed soldiers if they came by. You had to do like all kinds of crazy things to be considered a citizen, right? And now all we, our only real responsibility is vote. And this is a we funny thing that, right, and that's what I mean. Like somebody said this when it comes to raising children or having students or whatever. If you give them 10 things to do, they might get nine done. But if you give them one thing to do, 50% of them won't get it done. But if you give them 10 things to do, most of them will get the vast majority of the stuff done. But somehow one thing seems overwhelming when nine things seems reasonable. Do you know what I mean? It's really weird. And I feel like in this country, we're like that. Like, they've, they, it's not even like the communist, socialist, like, arguments. But it seems like the more, the, the less the government required of us, the harder what they did require of us seemed to be. Does that make sense? It does. I, but I want to I quick go back to something you said a second ago, because I'm not a smart man. Um, <laughs> housing quartering soldiers wasn't that. Yeah, that was that was long. I mean, that was a long. No, but that was but, British, isn't that one of the things we yeah, revolted right. against when when we got the the, the right, right. I, I'm not I, smart. I don't. Read. I I believe you're correct. I mean, yeah, somebody else, somebody way smarter than the two of us should fact check that. But yeah. here's right. So we fought against all that stuff, right? But do you really think that that's not gonna happen? Like, let, let's. Let's segue into what it is we might want to talk about, right? Because I'll tell you what I want to talk about, which ties into, I think, what you wanted to talk about, if you still want to talk about the same thing from a couple of days ago. I want to talk uh, about two things that have happened, or three. And all so, right. Well, let's just, let's just jump into it. You go ahead. You start. Well, I think we're going to, like you said, I think it's going to end up in the same place. Um, yeah, probably. So this morning, uh, some just annoyingly bad news. Last night was bad news. Chadwick Boseman, that one hurt. I mean, yeah, that was came out of the blue, and so I, I went. I mean, I but I but I do appreciate his privacy. I do. I thought that was insane. That that's why it hurt so much. Is I had no clue. You know I mean? Right, and yeah. but I I kind of like the fact that he was a very famous person who wasn't in the news all the time and actually right. lived a real relatively private life. I because you know everybody else like you see naked pictures of them running around. You know what I mean all the time. So well, it's really nice that he was like you know famous and low key. You know. Last week there was a, or this week, I don't keep track. I'm, I'm scrolling through news. It's supposed to be news. And there's an actress from Glee that just had a kid. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't need to know that. That actress has a publicist that put that story out there. Hey, everybody, my client just had a kid. You should report. I mean, that's just not news. No reporters hunting down. Hey, did that actress from Glee, that show that ended 10 years ago, have it? Like, that's <laughs> so I'm sure he probably had a publicist, but he wasn't always fighting to get on the cover of People or GQ or be the sexiest man of the year. That that shit yeah. doesn't just happen. They don't just say, right. it, it's fought for. And in a weird way, and I don't mean this to be funny, and I'm not trying to be a dick, because I was genuinely sad. I liked him. 
And yeah. when I realized I was sad and that I liked him, I also realized I don't really know anything about him because I didn't right. read him. And he's not, and it's not, not like the days of old where, you know, Bing Crosby beat the shit out of his kids and nobody talked about it. And it was only after he died did you discover that he was just a right. complete and total asshole. I don't think yeah. we're going to discover that with Chadwick. But I just thought it was yeah. interesting. Like, I, I had put forth, I, I didn't have a story for him in my head. I just generally thought this is a good person and I'm sad that he's gone. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that holds up. So that was, that was last night. We're, we're straying from the topic. I said I went to bed sad and then I woke up angry because... One of the things I figured we would talk about is Kenosha, Wisconsin, and there was a 17-year-old who took a gun and shot three people, killed two. Uh, he was a militia. He said, I'm going to go defend property. So he got arrested, and this morning I wake up to the news that uh, a Christian organization, like GoFundMe and what are some of the other GoFundMes? They're online fundraising, crowdsourcing. They shit can't. People were setting up fundraisers for this kid. And, and GoFundMe shut it down. So a Christian organization stepped in and said, well, if GoFundMe won't raise money, we will. $97,000 from a Christian yeah. organization to defend this kid who left his house to go to another kid city and shoot rioters. And they're saying, oh, it's self And how old is this? How old is this 17. kid? 17. And how old do you need to be to buy a gun? Oh, it's, it's all illegal. It was It's 18 in Wisconsin and... I think okay. So again, right. Like, again, like, like before we even get deep into it. Well, here, let me, let me, let me say this. Yeah, then the other part of bad news or annoying news, <laughs> so, the lawyer that they're going to hire is the same piece of shit. Apparently he's into QAnon and he defended, I think his name is Nicholas Sandman, the little asshole kid in the MAGA hat that was with the Native American with sitting there like uh, suing the Washington uh, right. Times or the Post, the Post and, uh, and he's just suing every news organization and getting undisclosed settlements. And the final thing I'll say, and I'll let you talk, is as wrong as this is going to sound, part of me feels sorry for these two kids, the 17-year-old and that asshole Nicholas, because they are just stupid kids. They had shitty, shitty parents. The mom obviously bought the Kenosha guy a gun and, you know, I guess she's militant herself. And, you know, the asshole MAGA hat kid, you don't just decide to put on a MAGA hat and go, he was there on a field trip of little assholes to uh, protest women's rights. I mean, that's why he was there. So he could wear his MAGA hat and say, you know, down with women, women's bodies are men's bodies. And, you know, we <laughs> Well, women's bodies are their own, but men should decide what they do with them. Right. And so I feel bad in a way for the kids because it's, it's, they're little assholes, but it's not their fault. They were raised to be assholes. It was just shitty parenting. And then again, it, it hurts me inside. It hurts my soul. It makes me angry that there are people who think they are Christians donating to a Christian. I, I would I would give anything for Christianity to be to be real. I would give anything so that when these assholes show up at the gates, the the pearly gates, Saint Peter looks at the list and says, "No, you're you're not on here. You don't get in. Look at what you donated money to. Look what you, how you lived your life. Look who you judged. I mean, you took Jesus's teachings and did almost the exact opposite. And so that's that's why I'm angry. I mean, literally, his his Jesus around you know around the water cooler. We call him the King of Peace. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's his nickname, you know, KOP, right? He's the fucking King of Peace. 
He's the 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 great redeemer, right? What would Jesus do? Buy a gun, get in a car, drive to another city, and shoot I mean, people? What would Jesus do? Jesus would get his brains blown out by some idiot white kid who's seventeen with an AK forty-seven. Exactly. That's what would happen. Jesus' brains would be spread all over the fucking pavement, you know. Yeah. Or he'd be getting he'd be getting fisted by some security guard at the airport. Yeah, that's what would be happening right now. Because history repeats itself. He got crucified by the Romans, and he would he would come forth today with a message of peace and love and compassion, and the people that say they love him would kick the shit out of him. I mean, yeah, dude. Here's the thing that, like, all right, let's, let's talk about this for a minute. Sure. I have not looked into the fine details of this Kenosha thing, right? Here's what I know. Little white kid bought a gun. Oh, that thing. Okay, I thought you were going back to the beginning. Because we don't know any details because the details change. We, we, we'll get into that, but go ahead. So he shot some kids. What color were these people he shot? Uh, hunkies, like him. White people. Okay. White on white crimes. Now, here's what I'm going to tie this into something that, and, and this is where it gets all fucked up, right? For about the past 20 years, easily, are longer since I was a a young since I was a, a a teenager. My mother and father would say to me, "You know, son, black people in this country are often the testers for some of the most heinous shit that happens, right?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And they're like, "Well, if you look at and you know." They tested out all the RICO statutes on black drug dealers, then brought them up against the businesses and the Italian mob, right, in the 80s. Okay. There were black people. They would take sick the cops on black folks all the time, students, whatever, it didn't matter. Then they did it at Kent State, right? Isn't that what happened, right? The cops were whooping yeah, all white kids at Kent State, well, right? The National Guard. Right, uh, same idea, right? Not cops, but same. Authority. I mean, it, it, right, okay, yeah, but. So interruption. I didn't know this until I visited Kent State and looked around. I, I thought this was this, this blew my mind, uh, but in retrospect, it made sense. Um, when you grew up and you learned about Kent State, what was said about it? it? It was what was the consensus? Like, oh, this happened, and it was. Uh it was bad. Bad, yeah, like tragic, the, horrible. The, yeah, tragic. Yeah, the hippies. Hippies got out of line, and then the cops, and then the National Guard went too far. Right. That's what. That's uh, the way. We, at the time it happened. Yeah. At the time it happened, a uh, majority of Americans supported it. Right. They and, didn't think it was that bad. They're like, oh yeah, they, those hippies shouldn't have been there. It was, you know, they, um, it was looked at as well if they hadn't been throwing stones or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. The, they supported at the time. Majority of Americans supported the National Guard. It was only all yeah. the time as you See, back in retrospect. This is, there's a, there's a poem. I, I, I want to say the poem is by a rabbi um, or by a, a Jewish scholar, but I want to say a, I, it's a poem that you've heard a thousand times, right? When they came for these people, nobody said yeah. anything when they came for these then, but then when they came for me, there was nobody to stand up, right? Like we know the, the sentiment. Well, that black people have been in this country, the thing that Kind of because our community is smaller, things go through the community faster and they ravage it, right? Like you have crack and it just goes through and just 
like fucks everything all up, right? And nobody cares. Now we have oxy and heroin and meth and everybody goes, oh my God, what's happening? But had we put some programs in place during the crack era, those things probably wouldn't have happened. If you didn't just go say no to drugs, you know what I mean? Like if it was just that easy to say no, right? But now everybody wants us to feel bad, but they didn't before. And and this is this the argument that black people have been making for years. Every black intellectual has been making this argument for years. If not, if you go back to Du Bois and Douglas and people like that, you're talking about a hundred years. They're like, listen, when a people has a capacity to do something like this to another person sooner or later that person is going to be you because that's how it works right and there's this kind of the, this dehumanization of black people that has happened in this country and i feel like now i hear white people saying things like this race war is coming i'm gonna have to make a choice choice what are you an asshole so your choice is say fuck these niggers and go join a white supremacist group that's your choice because black people are saying, hey, we see some problems here we'd like to see addressed. You're uh, now being, you're forced to become a Nazi? Really? Like, it's the same, it's like, that skirt was so short, I had to rape her. Yeah. Like, did you see the way she was dancing? And that skirt? She was asking for it. I had to rape her. I didn't have a choice. What, like, there pe- like I literally have friends who are calling me up and saying, yeah, this race stuff, man. All these black people running around, but this race war is coming and people are going to have to make a choice. You guys need to calm down. Well, here's what's funny about it in my mind is, is all you black people running around. Like, <laughs> it's generally, as we just said, it was a white guy shooting other white people at a Black Lives Matter protest. Yeah. And right. it is the the the... Like uh, the Daily Show called out Mike Pence very well for he Mike Pence gave his uh, I'm an asshole speech at the Republican convention <laughs> and said he brought up a cop that was killed in California during the Oakland riots. He said, you know, things getting out of control. But what he didn't say was that it was a right wing militia trying boogaloo, trying to start the race war who shot the cop. It was a white guy who shot the. He just sort of makes it seem like it was a Black Lives Matter. It's these, you know. A, a, but the the real threat is coming from the right the black the black lives matter movement they they say that 95% or more of the protests are good then the sun goes down and you know it takes five people to set off something and then it just gets out of control and yeah. it's young and it's dumb people and a lot of them are white i mean this will tie back into what you were saying before i have said this because here's what i will say and and uh, here's what I'm going to say. I have lots of uh, white friends. I know lots of white people. That's I see lots of posting. Yeah. I know, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to show how liberal I am by hanging out with white folks. Um, but I, and I see lots of people posting stuff online. And a lot of it is trying to tell black people what we need to do. Right. Like, here's what you blacks need to do in order to here's if you blacks just would listen, if you blacks would just. And I'm like, you know, I wish that white people would spend less time telling black people what we need to do 
and then look at the white supremacist thing that is happening. Because you and I have been talking about this for a minute now. Yeah. And I've said many times that I think the white supremacy thing is remarkable. Like we did a podcast easily a year ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago. One of the first ones that I ever did where I was subbing for Jake, we talked about this kind of stuff before it was even an issue. And I was like, listen, this white supremacy thing is a real problem. Um, because before we people... even started recording, you and I have had this yeah. conversation. Right. I mean, because I here's my fundamental belief. White people have an inability to see the horror of white people, right? Like, if you take something, people will say oftentimes, like, well, even liberal white people will say, well, we understand that black people are disadvantaged because after hundreds of years, after generations upon generations of slavery and redlining and Jim Crow and black codes and all this stuff, right? Like, you guys are just, it's like somebody made the analogy of like, if we're playing Monopoly, right? And white people get to go 400 turns before black people get to go and they buy up all the property and do all this stuff. And I'd say, okay, now catch up, right? What's wrong with you? Are you lazy? That was the analogy somebody made. And I thought that was a really funny one. It's like, you know, you get 400 years of getting to, to run the board and now say, okay, catch up, right? We'll, we'll but, take uh, boardwalk and park place you can have what is it baltic and the baltic right right exactly right you take this yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna cram a whole bunch of buildings into this area you can stay here right and but what's funny about that is everybody talks about the effects of slavery on white people i mean on black people right mm -hmm. and then they say things like well we know he was a criminal because his dad was a criminal even though he was only 13 or 15 or 17 or 19 and he has no record. His dad has a criminal record and his mom used to do drugs. And we use that to, in, to indict the kids, right? Now. <laughs> I see where you're going with this, but unfortunately what you're about to do is not negate the point I tried to make a little <laughs> while ago. But I said that the two white kids that are assholes are assholes because their parents were assholes. They raised exactly. shitty kids. Exactly, you're out of, but here's the thing. Nobody talks about what it would be to be a person who is capable of beating people, going out and daily raping them, taking your boys out to rape them, hanging people. I was just going to say, taking your kids your to children, a lynching. To a lynching. Like a picnic. Right, right, giving your kids rifles to help hunt niggers down, shit like that. What does that do to a people who centuries of that kind of ridiculous behavior? What does that do, right? What is the psychological impact? of a group of people who do that and never reckon with it, never deal with it, right? Like we talked about this last week with the sexism thing. I'm well aware of the fact that my mother is one of the smartest people I ever met in my life. Half the people, half the most brilliant people I know are women. And yet I still have these kind of latent sexist beliefs that were just drummed into me and baked into my childhood through TV, through everything, right? And I have to work actually really hard. Like my first thought, like, you know, is something stupid, right? I'll see some like attractive female bass player who's got a good gig. And my yeah. first thought is, oh, she just got that because she's hot. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's ridiculous. Like, listen, to her, she's a fucking great player. And she sings, right? She sings and she plays well. Like she got the gig because she fucking deserves it. And she earned it. Like, whatever. Like. My my late, but my first response is, oh, she just got that gig because she's hot. 
And if I don't ever stop to question those things and ever actually do something to dismantle my faulty belief system when it comes to, to gender, right? It's not gonna go away on its own. So my question would be, what the fuck are white people doing other than saying, like, why, why are the, half the white intellectuals running around wasting their time trying to prove racism doesn't exist, right? Like, you get all these guys who are literally trying to prove racism doesn't exist when they could be trying to fucking desalinate ocean water or something. We talked about this, right? There's, there's things we could really be using our brains for. And yet, because I feel like white people have an inability to see, like, again, I bring up the most heinous examples. Priests were raping little boys for years. And decades. nobody, decades, right? Nobody said anything about it. The little boys would tell their parents and they'd be go, no, no, not our priest, not father so-and-so, right? Who's sitting there buggering these little boys all day. Like it's nothing. You have those school shooters. If those school shooters, if one of those school shooters was a Muslim kid, what do you think would happen to Muslim yeah. kids going to elementary school? If one of those school shooters was a black kid, what do you think would happen, right? Like, they they refuse to call white supremacist terrorist acts terrorist acts. They were like there's a refusal to acknowledge that white people are capable of heinous things. It's like it all gets projected onto the other, which is black people mostly, right? And Muslims. We all of the evil shit that white people do gets projected onto us. It's like in a relationship. Have you ever done that? Come home mad. Or you don't do it because you're a dude, but right? Doesn't your wife come home mad and take it out on you? I'm kidding. <laughs> I have a little bit of sexist humor there, but like a sexism and racism are fun, like boys and girls. But Jamie, like, haven't you ever, but haven't you ever like been pissed off at one thing? Or is oh, there absolutely. like, and then it affects, you ever, clouds your judgment overall. Or you, or you find some shit that like you don't, there's a part of your personality that you disagree with right, that you don't want to face up to, but you hate it and everybody else. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's fucking, it's, it's psychology 101. You know what I mean? Me, anyway. uh, I want to yeah. interrupt you quick because we're going back about two minutes to something you said about yeah. the, uh, you see a beautiful woman and it's a natural assumption of, of right. what you got. That's, I want to segue back into Kenosha because that to mm -hmm. me is the, uh, something I find very offensive is the absolutes on both sides, on both Absolutely. sides. The instant, um, oh, I don't, I don't want to get his, Jacob Blake, I feel mm -hmm. bad if I get his name wrong. Okay, Jacob Blake, the instant he gets shot, two camps are created. One, yes. oh my God, he's a beautiful family man and he's never done anything wrong in his life and he would have been the next Mother Teresa, the male version of Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa with a penis. And the mm -hmm. other side, Holy crap, he has an arrest record. He was the worst guy ever. Look, he has five kids with 10 different women. He's a piece of shit. I mean, there, there, there's no, there, there's no, can we start with, and it's the same way. So, so those are the two camps. One, one has to praise him and say he's the best person in the world and the other has to demonize him. And it's the same with the police, which is, I can't believe they shot him in the back. I can't believe this. Well, he, he should have complied. He should have, and there's no middle ground. And I find that, I end up in the middle where I want to hear the full story and wait a week. I don't want like those cops need to be arrested right now. I don't, I didn't watch the video cause I refused to, but everything suggests every, you know, the, the facts are he was shot in the back. Uh, the facts are he was going into his car. Apparently now the fact is there was a knife in the car, but that doesn't mean you deserve to get shot in the back uh, because you're reaching for something at the same time. I have, 
done the studies of the police or read the reports or know how they are trained in that. I've, they, they watch these videos where I think I've told this to you. There, there's a white guy and a white cop and there's a domestic dispute and uh, the white cop pulls the white kid out on the porch like a kid, you know, in his 20s, whatever. And he's talking to him like, hey, what's going on in there? And the kid just pulls a gun and shoots and kills the cop. And that's shown in training videos like it can happen that fast. So I get that the cop maybe was scared and they're trained to shoot seven times. And, and so like, it's a big fucking mess, except you have to take your sides. You can't say it was a mess. And by the way, just, I'll let you talk in a second. I, I discovered this, um, this cop that did the shooting, they found an interview with him from seven years ago when he was becoming a cop. He's been on the force seven years. And they said, why do you want to be a cop? And he said, because I get to help people when they're having the worst day of their life. I get to go in and maybe make their day a little better. So that means he went into this with a right attitude. He's not a, a guy in Minneapolis who put a knee on a neck for seven minutes. Uh, Chauvin, Derek Chauvin. What happened to him over the course of seven years? This is where um, hey. being a cop beats down on you. I have all these ideas on how to fix policing. I, I think everyone should listen to me. I have some good ideas if you want to hear them. But it's like, what happened over the course of those seven years where he went to young, idealistic to, you know, he's been around enough scary situations or stressful situations where he just snaps, like, fuck it, boom, I, I'm panicked, I'm shooting. You know, th th there's yeah. so much to unpack there. And I don't like any of it. The absolutes, the have to take sides, the inability to wait and hear things out, uh, the, the praise, the insults. All of it. I find it all disgusting. And we can get into my solutions for the cops later, but what are your thoughts there? I think, and I don't know who said this originally, but you can't dismantle the master's house with the master's tools, right? And I think when you look at what the left is doing that I adamantly disagree with, the whole idea of cancel culture and all this other stuff. Cancel culture wasn't made up by the left. It was made up by the right. Or yeah. And by, now they hate it the right. left. You know, Trump right. last week said, boycott Goodyear. I'm trying to cancel an American com company. I mean, what, he, he, what did he do? He got into office and he canceled half the cabinet. Yeah. Like literally everybody who disagreed with him got eh, just axed. Yeah. He Fire. literally... He, he it was like the cancel cabinet. Like he just literally got rid of everybody who disagreed with him. No matter, and he still does. If you disagree with him just a little bit, he'll just you're just done, right? Well, the first but, case I remember of cancel culture, and I'm I'm probably wrong, but that I remember was the Dixie Chicks, and that came from the right. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and and if you go back, I mean, shit, go back to the '60s with all the, the blacklisting of the Hollywood people oh, and the directors and the musicians. Right. Like, like, come on. Like, and, and if you go back even farther than that, like being canceled was not being this particular breed of white. If you were Irish, you were canceled. If you were Italian, you were, like, like and now that the left is using it, the right is right. using it as a, like, I'm so angry. Look at them. Cancel culture. It's like, we learned. Right. It exactly. And, but I think that here's the thing. I think that what people are I think what people are really fighting over, fighting for, is the right to tell like I think when we talk about the concept of white supremacy, I think we talk about it from a concept of Nazis and KKK people, right. not from a concept of white ideas 
and white definitions are proper, right? If I look at Kaepernick or Black Lives Matter, right? You could agree, disagree with all with their stance, what they believe, whatever, right? But oh, Kaepernick's against the troops. Really? A soldier told him to do that. Everybody knows that. Like everybody knows that a soldier told him to do that this is the way to respectfully protest of the the flag or the anthem, right? Right, quickly, his name is Kaepernick. Kaepernick, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I've been listening to right-wing people. Like, honestly, I've been listening to... But you to don't follow people. football at all, I know, so... No, I, but I've also been listening to right-wing people pronounce his name all the time wrong, so it just, like... I Like they're doing with... Uh, they're saying with, with, now. I know, and somebody called out Tucker on that, and he blew yeah. up in the dude's face. I'm like, what an asshole. What an ass. But, um... He's just the biggest piece of shit in the world, but anyway. Oh, yeah. But, like, and I think that what we have is a situation in which, like, White intellectual thought, white definitions, white everything have been what this country is run by, right? And now people, this is what we're talking about with the vegan thing, right? People are now saying, listen, there's tons of black vegans, there's tons of black vegetarians, there's tons of black this. The, uh, the notions that get put forth of who people are, this idea of the absent black father and this thing. I will say that I don't know the numbers, but I would argue that maybe they're right, that they're less black couples that are married that have children, right? But the studies also show that black fathers spend significantly more time with their children, spend more time dropping them off at school, doing homework with them, putting diapers on them, feeding them, doing all those kinds of chores. They're, they're, like they've because done those they're unemployed? Probably, <laughs> right, exactly. Racism, <laughs> he comes in with a <laughs> joke. Exactly. <laughs> they've got the free time you know what i mean they're collecting those welfare checks well i was gonna make the same joke about me if you remember when i go to the playground i'm like i go to the playground during the day with my kids it's me and a bunch of moms and they're like look at that dad spending time with his kids he must be unemployed he must be unemployed. <laughs> exactly so basically i stole the joke from yes, my I know. personal yes. life but uh but you know it's like but the perception that that white people put forth is that this is a black person and what black people are saying is that no like you don't get to define us we get to define us same thing women are saying you don't get to define what rape is we tell you what it is we're the ones who are getting having it done to us so we tell you what it is we tell you what sexual harassment is you don't define what sexual harassment is to a woman from a man's perspective you don't tell us what we're supposed to be okay with we tell you what we're okay with and that's how it is but like for hundreds of years, it has not been that way, right? Like one group of people wrote the stories, told the perspective, and told it as the truth. And maybe it was their truth. But again, if you tell the story of the pilgrims from the perspective of the Native Americans, it's a very different story. Do you know what I mean? It's a I did very different listen story. to an, uh, not an audio book, but a, an audio recreation of that. Um, mm -hmm. It was, it's, a, it's called Run to the Hills. It was a ah, yes. by a, a... Yeah, by that, by that, that, that philosophical group yeah, <laughs> from I, overseas. Iron Maiden, the English, yes, English exactly. poets, a group of English poets. Yes. I think part two of that was called Indians, actually, by that, by that band named Death. By that, after that, that disease that you put in the right? and then <laughs> exactly. you know, the, called anthrax. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What was, what, was their, what was their guy's name? The lead guy? 
Oh God, right. I just say put him in because they're all they're like Joey Belladonna, or is that the base? Maybe because they're all, they're all really short. They're like short guys like me. I met all, them. I, like, I, I they're, they're got their autographs, guys, right? and I'm just like, yeah. what the fuck? I mean, yeah, right. they, like I was gonna say, you could put them in an envelope and mail them. They to were tiny, tiny <laughs> people. But God damn, they made some good music, didn't they? I dug, I dug those well, cats. Yeah. Man. I'm looking them up right now. That's why I'm looking down right now. Of course, uh, the disease comes up first, not the band. That's how out of of, uh, favor they are with the world. Yeah, but uh, I dug them, though. They were fun. There was was a bunch of bands back then that were like those heavy bands that I dug. I dug that, and then I dug like the... the, Joey Joey Belladonna was the drummer. Okay, makes sense. That that sounds familiar enough to be accurate. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. I guess he's but, not singing for him anymore because I'm not finding the name I wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jeez, they've had a lot of members go in and out of this band. All right, I got to look up the Wikipedia list of Anthrax members. Good podcast <laughs> here, everyone. I'm looking at my phone, I'm looking up an old metal band from the 80s. I know they're still around. Or they? That's, I just stopped listening to I'm them. Sure they are. Okay, yeah. members. Uh, <laughs> Scotty and Charlie, but not the F. Frank Bell. And Joey oh, Bell. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah, they're fun. I dug those cats. But yeah, I, I think if you if you hear, and again, I would say this, like if you look at the voices of women, of people of color, of all kinds of people, you'll hear, if people would take the intellectual voices from not just one group of people, right? Like if we actually really just, like could see that this country is like what what's the term what do they say it's like filthy with intelligence from different places like we're overrun with it and we don't use it like if we just i i want to use the term data mine and i don't know if it's the correct term but i want to like like a smart person would just data mine all these communities for the best and brightest and then put them in a room driving it yeah i think it's the right word and then put them in a room and say, listen, we need to solve these problems because there really is a different perspective, right? Like not everyone in this country has the same perspective. And you can, like you and I can both go see a movie and we can watch the movie and we can have two different experiences and both leave and give a review and both of us be right, even if they're polar opposites, right? Because there's not a truth here. There's a perspective. And I think that, what people are really asking for, not asking, demanding at this point, is inclusion in writing the story, right? Like, I, I was talking to a friend the other day, and we were talking about, like, people in your life, right? You have people in your life, and you have the story of Nathan, right? That's your story, right? The book of Nathan, right? And every person that you interact gets to write a little blurb in that story, even if it's just the cashier. You interact with the cashier at a, at a grocery store, that person gets to write a one little line in your story, right? Tell you this, the cashier's going to say nicer things about me than my friends. Right, probably. Because <laughs> you know, they don't know you. Exactly. Um, like, they have these pleasant little one-minute interactions. Like, oh, he was very charming to me. He didn't treat right. me like less than because, just because right. I'm a cashier. But then the people that know me are like, oh, he's a fucking asshole. Exactly. And he can put on a nice face in public because he doesn't yes. want to be rude to people. But, <laughs> But like... But, like, the people who are close to you, like your support system, they actually help dictate how the story goes. You know what I mean? So you have to be really careful who you choose to be around you, right? I think that, like, one group of people has been in charge of the story of America for a very long time. 
and their story, their version of it is not accurate. It's told from one perspective. It doesn't mean that their perspective is wrong for them, but it does mean that the stories that everybody else has to live into to be part of their story, right? The American story as told by one group of people, the person I have to become to fit into that narrative is not actually who I am. Do you well, know what I mean? Problem does I that have that. Yeah, it does, but I, I don't agree with the one thing you said, which is mm -hmm. uh, it, where you said that it's the story is not wrong for that group. It, it can be wrong. Yeah, the, the white sure. people can say, you know, like, well, the, the manifest destiny, we, we had to kill the Indians because they were on our land. That's right. wrong. There, there's no difference. Right, absolutely. I don't, yes. and when I say that, I don't say that from a white liberal guilt, I feel bad point of view. I don't feel bad, bad at all. It happened. It's, and I, and I want to, I don't mean this to be glib. It's in the right. past. Can we do things about it today to make up for it? Absolutely. But do, we, do I need to get in, on my hands and knees and grovel and say, oh my God, this happened? No, no. but I think no. that's, that's the difference is I think there are too many liberals today who are, who are like, who is that idiot? I think it was uh, Rosanna Arquette who said, I feel so guilty. I was born a, a white woman or born white or some shit. It's like, oh, I just get over that shit. Can, can we just come to a point of pragmatism and this is the past? What can we do to make up for that past to make things better today? You know, like, like can we just keep I mean, moving forward without ignoring the past, but also not feeling like, you know, that, that we have to commit Harry Carey because of our past? Like, oh, wow, we did this. Let's yeah. just leave the land and turn it over to everyone else because we got it unjustly. It, it happened. Let's make up for I it and forward. I, right. I think my argument would be if you look at a place like Germany, and now I, again, fact check this because the hell do I know about Germany, right? But my understanding about Germany is that while there's still a right wing, a newly, there's a new resurrection of the right wing over there. That's, that's Europe, have, not just Germany. Yeah, and I mean, they have some real problems. They have problems over there. But the way that they handled their treatment of the Holocaust was to literally have museums talked about it, put it right. in the books, have there's there Germany has like a three percent African American population or just black people, colored folk in general, I believe. I don't know for sure though. And there if you look at their ads, there's like there's like mixed race babies up there, there's black children, there's Asian children. They have all kinds of children represented in their ads. They have all kinds of like you can find black Barbie dolls and, and fat Barbie dolls and skinny Barbie dolls and curvy ones and like they have they don't do the same thing we do here they just don't do and meanwhile that. any uh and I, I listened to a series of podcasts over the summer about this but any any uh african-american cultural museum or any uh museum of slavery and what that is created and fought for and i don't want to say privatized by black people i mean the right, government exactly. rarely right. gets involved and says, oh, hey, you, let, let's uh, set up this, uh, this, this monument, this honor, right. this, this remembrance of, it's, it's just sort of like, we don't have time right. for that. It has I to mean, be by black people to say, look what happened to us. Right, because white people have this idea that if we don't talk about it, it will go away. Let me ask you this. You've been in relationships before. Does that ever work? Mm, so right. far, one. <laughs> right, right. But this this mean, last like, one seems to be doing okay. The first three, right. not so much. Right, but does it really work to like pretend that the problems that you have inside of your relationship 
and to just not talk about them and see if they just magically go away. Does that uh, ever really work? Uh, right, like, exactly. like, you know what I'm saying? And, That's and why this works. relationship works. This is the first one with honest dialogue. I could go through and tell you right. all the other ones, but there's no point in right. reliving. But, but it took to this, I, I remember full well, like the first, I don't want to say fight we had, probably fight. And uh, just the idea that we talk about communication and misinterpretation and we fully admit that at our worst, and, and we have a discussion, it's like, okay, this has been building for two weeks. Why haven't we talked about it? You know, whereas the relationships that failed, we didn't talk about anything until boom, it's over. Like, it just, right. like, where the fuck did that come from? Oh, it was yeah. a year or two years or, you know, just ignoring the problem until it went right. away. And yeah. I, hopefully you don't think that's what I was saying two minutes ago. I'm not saying, no. I'm saying it was in the past. Let's no. acknowledge it. Absolutely. Let's say it happened. Absolutely. And let's make it right. I just don't feel and, guilty about it. And here's the happen. thing, right? Like if we talk about this stuff, if we, if we segue this back into, and then we'll segue back to your initial question. Um, I don't even remember like, what it was. But like, here's the thing, right? Like I'm not mad at myself for being sexist. I understand that it, it's not my fault. I was trained. Like, literally, I was trained. I watched TV. I watched James Bond. What? No. Okay, fine. And then he lays her down and fucks her. And I'm like, oh, right. That's that's how you get laid. You smack I thought you were going to say you, you're not right? mad. It's not your fault. You watch Goodwill Hunting. And you realize right. it's not your fault. Right, exactly. <laughs> which goes which goes to what I said about the two asshole kids. The the the. Right. Not their exactly. fault. They were raised by fuckheads. I mean, that's ex and this is exactly it, right? Like, we have to, at a certain standpoint, learn to see the humanity in the other, right? If if white people look at black people and see black people as animals, right, not as human beings, which is what, which is really what slavery was. The justification for slavery was that black people are not human, right? And to understand the horror of slavery, and then. That's that probably my or my yeah, end? it's on my end. It's okay. a dehumidifier. It's gonna stop in a second. Oh. Um I looked at my dehumidifier one and started beeping I'm like because right. mine's been making noise this entire time. Yeah. It, like little trickles of water and it sounds like someone's peeing right next to me. And I keep thinking every time it happens, it's getting picked up by the microphone. I won't know That's until hilarious. I play this back. That's hilarious. Um yeah, I heard something like that in my my head, my earphone, and I was like, "Where's that coming from?" Because it it, it sounds like water going down a drain. To yeah, me. that's what it, it is. is. Right. And I and I turned yes. it off well before yes. we started, so it should have just drained <laughs> once. But for some reason, right. it's still going. So, but like I, I I really do feel like my conditioning is something that I can overcome. I yes. feel like if you are a white person, and this is the argument that like that like white fragility and all these people, all those those kinds of authors are making, the people who write those books, the argument that they're making, which I think the argument may be correct, but their approach may be wrong. I was gonna say bank <laughs> oil salesman. <laughs> right. But the argument is that if you grow up in this country, you will naturally become white supremacist. In the sense that, like, like, really, like, like, if you take the average white person, how many books have they read by black intellectuals by choice, or not by choice? How many have they been forced to read by by the institutions that they were educated by? 
like very little, right? Like how much real black intellectual thought did you read? How much high intellectual thought for women did you read? How much of that stuff did you read in grade school, right? And the answer would probably be zero. Like, I don't think I read anything until I started taking African uh, or American college when I went out of my way to take a few black courses. Right, Right. exactly. And then you learn shit that you're like, why didn't I learn this? I could have learned to fry chicken and eat watermelon years ago. I learned that uh, I was the only white person in the classroom. I'm like, hey, this is just like my childhood. I remember this. (laughs) Now I'm an adult and I'm the only white person. It was always interesting. I'm not going to lie. When I would show up and they're like, you're in the right class, Cracker? I I just took it because I thought it looked interesting. I'm not trying to be, you know, like woke or, you know, that guy from Forrest Gump. You know, it's just the government, Jenny. It's the fucking government. I'm just just here to listen, you know, like... I got a kick out of that too. They're like, oh, look at you, white boy. But you have you have a handful of black friends. You like some black music. You've read books by black people. What, see, here's the thing. I would argue that my knowledge base is enriched heavily by the work of people who look like me and who also don't look like me. And it gives me a much a much deeper appreciation of the place we live when I can see other people's perspective of it. So yeah. if you watch, you know what I mean? And I feel like I get a more complete idea of it. And yet we have an idea that you can have a really myopic view of something and that's okay, right? You can have one source of information and that's enough to tell you everything from one thing and that's that's not okay right that's it's like you do yourself a disservice as a nation by not taking advantage of all of the other things that this nation has to offer intellectually technologically like people who are just good at things in a way that you're not or have a different way of seeing something that you don't have that actually could really benefit you do you know what i mean we don't have that that, you know that's my problem problem that's what goes to what I said about when the Kenosha shooting happens, you immediately divide. This guy was right. a saint. He was the best father in the world. He loved all three kids from all three women. And I think that's the case. I don't know. I mean, but, and, oh no, he had three kids from two women and he's a horrible criminal. He, you know, like it, there's no, it, it's, you immediately go to your corner and you demonize or you lionize and, and there's right. no, middle ground and that's the problem because of information and points of view and and it's it's and and i hate to bring this up again but i will say it anyway Um, i highly recommend anybody and everyone reads the book talking to strangers by malcolm gladwell because he breaks down some books he he breaks down it it opens and and ends and he pissed a lot of people off by talking about miscommunication and the Sandra Blonde, Bland, 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 Sandra Bland, Bland case and what happened there. And he doesn't pass judgment and that, and he got a lot of flack for not saying the cop is bad or Sandra should have listened or, you know, he, he tries to break down what he thinks actually happened. Step back and read it. And you're like, this is fascinating. Uh Oh, hold on. Yeah. Hi buddy. What are you doing? If you're going to play, you have to turn the volume all the way down. You can't have volume up at all because I'm recording right now. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so. Um, I, mean, I got to watch my language. Eh, a little bit. We'll try. Um, 
he, uh, he hears it all. Usually when we're playing Nintendo together, he hears me swear because I get frustrated. It's it's. <laughs> I get frustrated that he's, that he's beating you. <laughs> no, and that hasn't that happens because he spends way more time on it than I do. I get frustrated because I will be doing something correctly, and then the video game will just decide like, "Oh, we're gonna blow you up with this lava bomb or something." I'm like, "Unfair." You turning it down? All the way down, buddy. Where's the volume button? Can you turn it down, please? There we go. All the way down, so it says zero. All the way, all the way, all the way up. No, all the way down, please. Otherwise, you can't play because I'm recording. I'm gonna have to edit all this out. I can, I can cut it when we say hi to him, buddy. You need to go to zero because I, I was gonna leave it in for a second, but now it's getting too absurd. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna come take the remote and I'm gonna help you. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. There you go. Okay, you can play. Um, and since I'm up, I'm gonna move this thing that keeps draining around the corner just to. Get it further away. All right. Truman, you can't talk, buddy. Okay, uh, we're back. My son is playing Mario Kart yes. right over there. Um, what were we talk oh, we were talking about, uh, yeah, absolutely recommend Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. So moving on. Yeah, I agree. And here's what I would say. I think that while all these white people are, oh, wait, not even white people, now. just American. I know. But not not just white people, but everybody's running around talking about how, how Muslims are getting radicalized in these mosques. When I can tell you a report, the Brennan Center did a report on um, white supremacy and stuff. It's actually terrifying. Like, it's terrifying the, the, the disparity between the way white supremacists are treated when they do terrorist acts, how they are the biggest threat to this country, and everybody talks about it, but nobody talks about it. Right, like yeah. it's always in the conversation, but yeah, it's yeah, never the conversation. The thing that's the greatest threat I mean, every year. Like, what's yeah. the threat? The white supremacist groups. The white. Right. And, and the funny thing is, if you think they'd be yeah. happy now with Trump in office, like, yay, we won, but it's just emboldening and steamrolling. I mean, it's a real problem because I think that we're not talking about how, like, how you brought up how the Christian charity, right, the evangelical Christian movement is a breeding ground for white supremacy. And yet we don't talk about how they get radicalized in the evangelical church. Nobody wants to talk about that, right? This yeah. kid who's running around, you go back to 15, 14, buddy, he was you just- You can't talk if you're gonna be down here. If you're gonna be down here, I'm gonna turn, if you, if you talk again, buddy, I gotta turn the TV off. Sorry, we'll, we'll have to edit that out. Nah, that's fine. So. But you know, like, like it's one of those things where like nobody wants to talk about how little white kids are being radicalized to become terrorists and run around and shoot other white kids, right? Like nobody wants to talk about that. And it's like, why not? Like, what is this refusal to talk about the crimes of white people? Like, I don't understand what that is. It doesn't mean in any way, shape or form that black people don't commit crimes, that black people don't do heinous things, that black people aren't completely fucked up in our own ways and that we don't have a whole bunch of shit to unpack, right? Sorry, language. No. <laughs> it's the, that I told both of them that they should not come down here, and now they're both down here. Remember that part where I said watch a movie and stay upstairs? Hey, man, you didn't watch a movie because movies are 90 minutes long, and, and you were down here after an hour. See, here's the thing, man. Black versus white. You should just beat them. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you learn from black culture. Beat your okay. children. <laughs> I, Truman, pause your game. You're going upstairs. I'll be done in 10 minutes, Truman. You can come down in 10 minutes and play. So. 
Yeah, Truman, take this snake upstairs. You can play. Truman, as I said, you can play in 10 minutes. We're going to wrap it up. Why? And, because I said not to come downstairs, and you came downstairs, and I, now you're both I told Truman. I know. I Truman, know. upstairs. Go. You can come down when we're done in 10 minutes, both Do of you. Do you want the snake? Do you want the snake? I'll just cut all that out. I'll give you the reset button in one second. Close the door, please. I don't even know. What well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the jumping off point. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, big mess where both my kids, who I uh, dutifully put in front of a movie, because that's good parenting. You know, like, okay, watch this and ignore me. You know, good parenting. Uh, came downstairs. So uh, the last thing we had sort of said, and then it got messy, was, Read uh, Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Yes, Malcolm Gladwell. We were talking about uh, um, single source information is, is where yeah. we're And the problem with every year, the FBI lists right-wing white supremacist groups as one of the biggest threats to the American nation. And that's it. It just sort of goes away. It's like the FBI says, this is yeah, a problem. And everybody goes, oh, that's a real problem. And then, but look what these Muslims are doing. They're getting radicalized. And then that's squirrel. We get our attention focused well, over right. there. No, but why do we refuse to talk about how little white kids are getting radicalized in the evangelical church? Why are we not, right? Like, like there's something that is happening. And it's, again, it's like, it feels like victim blaming to me, right? Like, well, these black guys are saying their lives matter. So now we need to run around yeah. and get guns. It's like, how is just black people asking to like, and here's the thing, here's what I don't understand, right? Again, there's a ton of white, there's a couple of black intellectuals, Thomas Sowell, McWhorter, Coleman Hughes. There, and there's, then there's the obviously I don't, I don't like to use the term intellectual Ben Shapiro's of the world, right? People I, like that. I don't the, think he's, the, he's, he's not, no, he's just, no. he's, but like, <laughs> With his voice, with his speaking voice, I don't know how he became a podcaster. And I know it's exaggerated, but it's like, who can listen to that for an hour? He has this. Yeah, and it, it's also just really fast. It's like, he's, he talks to me, his, he sounds to me like a used car salesman who's trying to get something over on you, right? The way he talks is the way that like bullies talk or like if you grow up in like battle rapping or something. Like they just they throw a bunch of shit at you that you that like confuses you and overwhelms you, and then you try to pick a point, and it's like like well, he has really challenged, he loses, so he all doesn't get challenged, so he just keeps talking. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, but like I feel like there's a lot of time and emphasis put on how black people are wrong and how racism isn't really a thing and how all this stuff is fake. And what I would like to have the white intellectuals say is, hey, listen, I understand why you think this is really happening because the news is portraying this and this and this and this and not all these other things. So let me explain to you the ways in which I understand, like, what did Obama say? Well, if I watched Fox News all day, I watched Fox News the other day, and wow, if I watched it, I'd hate me too. And it's like, right single source information, right? Like if you, if you only listen to one source like that, you get one thing, but, but why aren't the white people who are trying to say how racism doesn't exist? Why are they just saying, we understand why you think it exists because your news media is portraying it like this. But here's what's actually happening. 
what it sounds to me like is you guys are a bunch of fucking idiots. This country's the best it's ever been. What are you, lazy and stupid? The only reason you can't get ahead is because of this, 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 this. And if you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you did. It's like, whoa, okay. Now, I will admit that to a degree, I'm tired of white people telling black people what to do. So I would like to tell white people what to do, right? Which makes no sense, right? But right. I would like for white, but I would like for white people to focus on the white supremacy issue because that's a much bigger issue than black folks saying, don't shoot us. Do you know what I mean? And like the people who said pigs in a blanket frying like bacon, that was like five people who said it. And now that's the narrative. All cops right. are bastards. Like all cops are bastards. I promise you, no, no black person wrote that. No black person came up with that slogan. And then no black person runs around writing all cops are bastards. It's not even language. It's like what Chappelle said. <laughs> Isn't that that nigga from Empire? That does not like some white person would say. That sounds like something I would say. Right about the smoke. I, I, I have seen meetings <laughs> in groups and like in Minneapolis where there was some really, and I don't want to, serious hatred against uh, the police. And it's like, yeah, we're running out of time. So there's no, but yeah, it's not saying that the Black Lives Matter movement is innocent when it comes to uh, no. their views on police. Not, I don't want to, I can't speak for the movement, but it's, it's, it's a back and forth and both sides seem to be butting heads instead of speaking and listening. I, I, and that's the problem. I, I, and I, but I think that if we go back to the history of the police, the history of the Second Amendment, the history of all this stuff, the Second Amendment came into existence because when they decided that government was good, Congress was going to control all the guns, right? The people went, well, we can't have our slave patrols then. That's yeah. literally what it is. We couldn't, we can't have our slave patrols because the slaves outnumber us down south. So we have to have guns. And that was the first police force. Yeah. And that police force turned into another, it just grew into a different police force, into a different one. Now, the roots of it are absolutely slave catching and hating black folks. And you can't argue that up through the 60s and 70s, it was pretty much the same. Police were used to. Like the kind of policing that went on in white neighborhoods was not the kind of policing that went on in black neighborhoods, right? right. Regardless of the crime rate and all that other stuff. And if, you're, if, if white people are going to argue that Planned Parenthood is a bad idea and abortion shouldn't be a thing, because Planned Parenthood started off as this horrible institution that was trying to sterilize black people, which from my understanding is the truth. And their argument is because it started that way, it is now a corrupt institution but the police started that way and it's not a corrupt institution, right? It's like, come on, man. Like, we all saw Serpico. I mean, I didn't see Serpico, but still. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I know it's Al Pacino, <laughs> but, but I never saw it. But you know what I mean? Like, like why, how did this happen? Like, I think that after Rodney King was killed, there was a rash of those cop shows. Because nobody Rodney liked, King was not killed. He was beaten. Okay, Rob, you're right. Sorry. When he was beaten on, you're right. That's, you're absolutely right. Um, well, after they, they beat Rodney King up and the police had a bad thing. There was a rash of cop shows in the 90s that all came out. Remember all this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that wasn't a thing before that. They just rebranded. And now 20 years later, like, they spent the 90s rebranding the cops. And now 20 years after that, after the rebranding process, everybody forgets that we watched the Dukes of Hazard outrun the cops and hate the cops. And now all these white folks are like, yay, cops. Yeah, it's like, what happened? Man, like, the cop was the idiot. Right. Like, what are we doing? And I'm not saying cops are idiots. Some of my best friends are cops. I have them over for dinner all the time. <laughs> but, like, 
You know what I mean? Like I know cops and, and I know that people are human beings and I think that we need to learn to see the humanity in people. But I do think that there, there are problems that I wish we could address and I wish we would, I wish it was okay to address them in our own houses. Like I wish white people could, could deal with white people and black people could deal with black people and we could then come together and deal with each other. I really wish that. I don't know. World of Coke. Yes, exactly. Right. Well, let's is let's use. Miley, this, is the, that what Miley Cyrus wanted to do? Was it? Was it? Was no, that was. Uh, no, I'm doing the old Miley. song. I'd like to buy the right. world. Right, right, but wasn't it? Uh, which it was. was uh, Jenner? Those, Kylie Jenner. Yeah, Kylie, was it was one of those Jenner right, idiots she, that uh, gave she, Right, she gave the. She saved the. She stopped the revolution. She she saved the planet by giving out a Pepsi. <laughs> All right, so let's use this to close things out. Uh, I had said in passing I could uh, change the police force. And this goes back to the, the, the kid in Kenosha who said, I get to help people out when they're having the worst day of their life. And then he shot someone in the back. And what happened over the course of those seven years? Um, like you said, I know cops too. And when you talk about humanity, they see the worst of it. They are dealing with crime every day. Like whatever it is, did you did you watch and I, and I and I'm I apologize right now. I apologize for using Hollywood as an example, but it's the first thing that comes to mind. Did you watch the now I'm drawing a blank. The first season of the Matthew McConaughey uh, Woody Harrelson True Detective. Did you watch that on HBO? That no, that was the second season of the show, but No, that was the first, first season. season. Woody Harrelson second season first. Vince Vaughn and and I, I forget. I thought the first season was two other guys. No, first season was Woody Harrelson. Is that the one? Which which one was the one with the 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 Blair Witch Project looking things? That was the first season. Okay, I did see that. So there's a line <laughs> in there where Matthew McConaughey asks Woody Harrelson, "When did you stop being a cop and become a private detective?" And Woody Harrelson says, "I, I showed up to a domestic dispute uh, dispute and there was a baby in the microwave." And he said, "That was just it." That, that was his snapping point, you know, and they, they do a shot from like the cameras inside the microwave and Woody Harrelson just opens it, you know, like, <laughs> it, it, and that's the shit cops see all the time. They, they see domestic abuse, they see the violence, they see kids being abused, they, they go to rape scenes, they go to murder scenes. Cops see the worst in humanity all the time. And after seven years, you're, you're so tense or you're, you're so done that a guy doesn't listen to you and either you're angry and you shoot him or you genuinely are scared and you shoot him in the back because you think he's going for a gun or not, whatever. After seven years, you snap, you break, something happens. So my solution for cops is not defund the police, double the funding, double the amount of police, and then it's one day on, two days off. One day on, two days off. Pay them well, because right now, I guess, one way they get money is they work lots of overtime because yes. when you when you get more overtime, you're more stressed, and, you, and yeah, the money's good. So pay them, give them a day where they they go out and they they help the public, and then they get two days off to decompress and be humans again, and not have to deal with someone that was just raped, try and arrest a rapist, rapist, try and get a kid out of a home where he's being beaten, her, and 
more cops, better training. And those two days, so maybe not two days off, one day on force where you're acting with the public, one day off, and then a day of training, whether it's weapons training, or I, I heard this recently, I thought this was fantastic. Every cop should be uh, like a, a, a black belt in, in a martial art. So that way they don't feel the need to go for their gun immediately. But so, so give them the tools to be better humans. One day on, one day off, one day of training and just hire more of them so it's not the same overworked people so that you can take that good kid who says, I just want to help people and allow him to be a good human being that Absolutely. doesn't snap but, after seven. Well, let, me, let, me, let me just throw this out there while we wrap up. One, I think you have a valid point. I think that if we look at police and we just take away the violence that gets perpetrated on black people by police, right? Let's pretend that none of that exists, right? You still have rampant amounts of domestic violence within police households where they can't take the stress. They come and beat their wives and children, right? right? You have situations where they're rampant alcoholics. The drug abuse in the, in the police community is massive because it's a fucked up job. But at the end of the day, I don't give a shit, right? Like, I don't care. Like, I really don't care. Like, I care because I care about police because they're people. But if what we're saying is, like, I think your solution is really valid, right? Uh, my solution would be something very similar. Like, listen, you get, you get a certain number of years and then you're automatically bumped up to detective or you have to go to detective or desk duty because after five years on the street, you can no longer be on the street, right? right? Like, it, it does something to your brain and you can't do it, right? You watch all the cop shows, and I'm sure that they're just TV shows, but there's always a, 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 a rebellion against going to see the, the psychologist after a shooting. I don't even see well, the psychologist. Yeah, right? make that mandatory, right? where once a month... Right, but they, no, but they fight it. Right? But it's, make it mandatory. Say, look, if you want to go into the office is. and just sit and not talk to the person, fine. But you like talk about it. But make, so so it's they fight it because they think it's a form of weakness. Where if right. they're the cop that goes to the therapist, so fuck it. You all have to go now. It's not I, I, what you're saying is right. correct. They take it as I can right. take this. Right. I'm strong. I'm a cop. So no, and it's not you going to the therapist. You're all going. But then, but that's the problem, right? Like you know, it's funny. Like Katie and I did a duo gig yesterday. And I had to set up all the gear by myself, right? Which I hate. Like I had to load, I had to set up the PA, load it all up, do all this. There's no sound for this place. And so we had to bring on stuff. And it's just me and her. So I'm like literally doing all this work and I'm annoyed. And she said something. How'd the gig go? And I'm like, oh, it was fun. Gig was fine. But okay, so she said something. I think I, right, and I might have snapped at her. She accuses me of snapping at her. And I may have. Right. Well, I mean, she's a woman, so she's naturally sensitive. You might not have snapped. She might have just taken it that way. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? And two for and, two. And Racist situ- and sexist. Right. In this one but, podcast. Right. <laughs> but I feel like, and then the situations like that, like, if, if we take a simple situation like that, right? Now, imagine if I shot somebody, right? Yeah. And I didn't deal with it. And then I went home. How does it come out, right? How does unexpressed, right? Like in this country, and I would argue this is a man thing, right? This is where sexism comes to bite men in the ass, right? How racism fucks white people all day. Here's how sexism bites men in the ass. Sexism is men, no access to our feelings other than anger 
and happiness and lust and humor. Like we, we can laugh, men can laugh out loud. We can want to fuck all day. We can get angry, right? There, there's acceptable emotions, right. right? But if a man is sad and one of his parents didn't die, he can't cry, right? If a man is angry or sad because somebody said something that really hurt him, his feelings got hurt. It's like, well, men shouldn't have to just man up and be okay with that. And Lydia like, makes well, fun of me all the time. First, sh- first time she saw me cry was when Robin Williams died, and she hasn't yeah. seen me cry since. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Man. Right. But that's the problem, right? Like, like when men have emotions, the society, women as well, like they smack it down. Most people don't want their significant other to have these kinds of feelings or something. And I find a lot of times that if you're a cop and you're a dude and you go through all this heinous shit, there is no release valve other than the drugs, the alcohol and the beating up of your family. It's like, there's no, there's no men have no access to remaining quote unquote masculine and then still having feelings. We're taught to suppress them, hold them down. And then if you become a cop, you have even more pressure to not to be this way. You know what I mean? And you can see it in people's faces. Right, I've seen it in cops' faces when when you can, and and again, I'm like mind reading, which you're not supposed to do, right? But like you see some of these people where the guy's like, well, why do I have to show you my ID? And you can see the the cop will do something like this. He'll go like, he'll, he'll do like, he'll go like, because it's the law you need to show me your ID. The guy goes, well, I wasn't doing anything. And the cop goes, well, this, this, sir, you know what I mean? Like what is like, you can see the rage building up. You know what I mean? It's like, and this goes to what I said, this this is the breakdown in uh, um, talking to strangers. It's it's what Gladwell breaks down is the interaction between the civilian Sandra and the cop and how miscommunication led absolutely all of and, it and and, and I, I i thought gladwell did a great job because he said that that cop was the guy who pulled everybody over he pulled yeah. people going over two miles over the speed limit he pulled you over for a handful of reasons and he did that all the time so he's just an anomaly now well, not really because he, he pointed out that that was a new department thing it's like oh we can turn citizens into uh checkbooks right, right. Right, exactly. And, and, and the problem is, and here's the thing that I would find most insulting about that, is when it happened in Ferguson and they, they went and uncovered the police corruption, they were basically using the black community as an ATM. Yeah, that's, that's Like, that's, literally, that's, the, the, the black community was an ATM. And so, like, but nobody... That's so, happening all across America now, is that they're right, basically, and it's not just the black community, it is... It's, it's any person who has no agency. Yeah, it's, it's you just pull them over, and if you're rich, you write the, the check because you don't care, and if you're poor, you get fucked, but either way, you're writing a check. You're, you're right, exactly. All right, now right, we're getting dude, off topic, really so let's go. Bad. No, but let, let, yeah, we can wrap up. But, I, but but to close out, I will say this. I agree with you that the Kenosha kids were brainwashed, right? They were brainwashed in whatever way. They are radicalized in whatever way people get radicalized. I just don't understand why we don't think the evangelical church and Fox News and half these people need to be held accountable in the same way that we're trying to hold the Muslims accountable. I don't blame this kid for what he did because he honestly thought he was doing the right thing. Like, this is that, that point of view. Can you be wrong? Like, can two people have a point of view and, and, and both be right? 
or can two people have a point of view and both be wrong? Do you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, I am not sure about that. She just had a fever. I don't want. Um, her mom and dad said they were fine. I don't trust her. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the neighbors were sick yesterday with a fever and uh, everybody got coronavirus tested and everybody's clear. But I just, the fever, I don't want my kid getting sick in general. I was like, oh, they're fine. It's a long story. I'll tell you uh, off air. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't understand why honky Americans can't step up. And, and my hope is things are changing, but uh, my worry is they aren't. So antargoodwin.com, nathanfimmel.com. Um, I don't have anything specific to plug. So um, um, I'll be playing at Bernie's. Katie and I are playing, I think, Trio, Bernie's Hillside Tavern, September 4th in Hillside, New Jersey. I'll put Bernie's that Hillside Tavern, Hillside, New Jersey. It's going to be a fun gig. We always have fun at that place. I love Bernie's, so we always have fun there. So, yeah, come on out if you uh, made it this far into this. So, there we go. Cool. And then me, yeah, I think I told you, did I put this on the podcast? The, the, the bunch of my tracks were accepted off my last album on Sirius X. That's awesome. Dude, that's so fun, man. How cool is that? I don't know if we, we put it on air if I just told you uh, aside. But if, 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 it was, if I'm repeating myself on air, great. If not, uh then yeah if you have sirius xm the comedy channels find out how to, i i should i'll look it up and i'll put on the bottom the email address request me on sirius xm uh yeah if you've, you've made it this far send an email and say hey i want to hear some nathan timmel on on sirius xm all right yeah thanks for listening watching doing whatever yeah you good times bye so the uh thing that uh, i said i'd say off air is um